0: Our verse uh, this morning is uh, Isaiah 53, verse 10. Just one verse, a short message, but uh, I think we need to hear it. Isaiah 53, verse 10 says this, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. This, this, this verse, verse 10, is the turnaround in Isaiah 53. It's the watershed moment. And as we engage with this verse in the space of 45 words, we are taken to the cross and a little bit past it. These nine verses up until now have led us up to the cross. On Sunday, we will look beyond the cross. But verse 10 is where we, get, where we move up to the cross and we take a little glimpse of what's next, like a sneak peek. Um, and uh, verse 10, if we can have it on the screen again, starts with the Lord's will, and it ends with the will of the Lord, and this is important, okay, it starts with the Lord's will, and it ends with the will of the Lord, because um, in this verse, um, when we see phrases that that act as a bookend for a passage. It's the writer's way of saying, you need to pay attention to what's going on inside. And this repetition of this phrase, the Lord's will, is saying that everything that happened on the cross, the suffering of Jesus, his pain, his torture, was the Lord's or the Father's will. If you look at other versions of the Bible, it says it pleased the Lord or it was his plan all along. And so as we start this verse, we uh, we look into this moment on Calvary, knowing that God had a plan. He had a purpose. Now... Um, Simon Peter's words in Acts chapter 2 verse 23. This is his first sermon through which 3,000 people were transformed. I would love that, you know, that's probably never going to happen, but uh, you know, one sermon, 3,000 people, there probably wasn't a lot of social distancing going on, not a lot of masks being worn, but 3,000 people were transformed, and In that sermon, his words support the idea that God had a plan. Acts chapter 2 verse 23 says this, This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. And so the question for all of us as we've been wrestling with over the past few weeks is why was it the Lord's will to crush Jesus and for Jesus to suffer? Like Isaiah 53 verse 10 says, Why was it God's will? Well, we don't have to look far. In fact, the answer is in the very next phrase in Isaiah 53 verse 10, which says this, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin... So through Jesus being crushed and suffering, Isaiah 53 verse 10 tells us that Jesus's life was made an offering for sin. This is the ransom aspect of the uh, of the atonement that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, a life for a life, ransom. And and so what we should all appreciate through this is that Jesus's death on the cross was not merely the culmination of a series of unfortunate events. No, this was intentional. It was purposeful. It was specific. It was so specific that someone 700 years earlier in Isaiah 53 is talking about it as if it's already happened. And so if we walk away from the cross simply saying, poor Jesus, they got the wrong guy, then we've missed the point. Yes, they did get the wrong guy. Because the right guy was you, and the right guy was me. But Jesus made himself the wrong guy, and in doing so, when they got him, they actually got the right guy. These uh there's these words from this prayer in Acts chapter 4, verse 27. Uh so yeah, you don't often hear prayers like this. At least I don't often pray them, and I'm sure you haven't. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 27, in this prayer, it says, This indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, whom you set apart. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Jesus was made an offering for sin. Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and he took away the sin of the world, including your sin and including my sin, by making an atonement for our sin. So the question, next question, is this why did God make Jesus' life? An offering for sin? Why did he ransom his son? Why did he look at you and say, This is worth it? Why did he ransom his son? And the answer, again, is right there in Isaiah chapter 53, verse. 10 let's read it yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin he will see his offspring and prolong his days so as we look at this logically Jesus went through the suffering of the cross so that he Jesus would see his offspring and so that he Jesus would prolong his days so what does this mean What does it mean for Jesus to see his offspring and to prolong his days? Well, it means that Jesus' suffering and death led to a family tree. That's what seeing his offspring and prolonging means. It means that he would have a family and he would see them grow up. And uh, Jesus seems to point towards this in John chapter 12, verse number 23, but this time he uses the language of seeds. John chapter 12, verse 23, uh, says this, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Once again, this is Jesus looking forward to his death. Looking ahead to his death, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So it's this so-called sacrifice on the death of this kernel of wheat and the burial of this wheat in the ground that leads to multiplication and new life. It leads to many more offspring. The, the wheat needs to go into the grave of the ground in order to, uh, for, for it to germinate. And so Jesus calls this act of death being glorified in John chapter 12, which only makes sense if on the other side of that death, is lots of offspring and continued life. Jesus' death was not the end, but it was absolutely essential. And it was in his death that he was glorified, that he was planted, and that Jesus germinated. Right, so we've had the Lord, the Lord crush Jesus and make him suffer in order to make Jesus' life an offering for sin, resulting in a great big spiritual family. And friends, this is what we're remembering this morning. It's the crushing of our precious Lord Jesus and the suffering of our precious Lord Jesus as an offering for sin, for your sin, and for my sin. This is the greatness of the gospel shown by the deep love that Jesus has for me and for you. And that through faith, we can uh, can access this life and become his family his adopted children. So we, you cannot walk away from Isaiah 53 verse 10 and say that God does not love me, right? Isaiah 53 verse 10 shows you that God loves you, that he loves you, that he made his son an offering for your sin, and he crushed him so that your sin problem could be taken care of once and for all, inviting you into his family and into his recreation and what this means for each and every one of us is that if we 're in Christ your sin is no longer what defines you right because Jesus has already dealt with it you no longer need to make up to the Father for your failures and your wickedness and your weakness and your and and your willful sin and your brokenness you no longer have to make up for it amen and then at the end of this verse this short verse we we then come back full circle to this idea of the lord's will the verse started if we can have that verse up on the screen the verse started with the will of the lord and it ends with the lord's will Listen, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. The will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. And, you know, what this is saying is that because of what Jesus did on the cross, the will of God will succeed. It will thrive. It will grow. It cannot be stopped. Now, some folks might look at the cross and say well that's not fair jesus shouldn't have to do this that maybe he was a victim but here we are told that jesus was a knowing player in the incredible drama of the cross that this was his idea it was his plan jesus's own rough calloused blue collar nail scarred hands played out intentionally the will and the plan of the father the uh Message, which is a paraphrase, says this. God's plan will will deeply prosper through him. Now on Sunday, we will see how this incredible chapter, Isaiah 53, ends. But this morning, on this Good Friday, which is such a Good Friday, as we consider Jesus on the cross, hanging there, suffering, alone, stinking of sweat and sin, naked, exposed, thirsty, suffocating, suspended between heaven and earth, we might be tempted to draw the conclusion that this was someone who is not in control of the situation, a victim of circumstances beyond his control. But Isaiah 53 verse 10 invites us to see it very, very differently. This verse shows us a God who is in full control. It shows us a father and a son who, is, who, who are working absolutely as one. A God whose will and purpose overshadows the silhouette of of an innocent man, of a pure man, of a holy man hanging on the cross. This verse shows us a Jesus who suffered and who suffered so that he could become an offering for sin and who became an offering for sin so that he could see his offspring and prolong his days. This verse shows us a Jesus who who came up with the plan that led to him dying on a cross because it was the only way. It was the only way to plant this seed in the ground and to see his family tree grow and grow and multiply and expand. That tree on Calvary was the root that gave rise to Jesus' global family tree. That cross was the root and Jesus was the seed and his tears and his sweat was the water and his body was broken like soil, and his blood was shed like miracle grow. Jesus was the seed, and the cross was the root, and God was the holy gardener. And indeed, we can say, because of Isaiah 53 verse 10, that the will of God will prosper in Jesus' hands.